welcome back to Cinema Cemetery with Dan and Kate. This is Dan. This is Kate. And we're pleased to be with you today. And uh, it's a very special day here because it's Clover's birthday. That's right. Happy birthday, Cloves. Clover, for those uninitiated, is uh, nine years old. She's a little pit bull mix. And she's sitting right here. She's very excited to be part of the podcast. She might even pant a little bit. Uh, we'll see. See if we can get Clover into the mix. It's true. She's very attentive right she now. She's got the peaty look, if you've ever seen the uh, Our Gang or Little Rascal show from back in the day. I think she's just looking to to lick a foot, lick a knee. Now, how did you do dog years? Do you do the seven, multiple yeah. seven? Or do, some people do 15 year one, year two is what? 10, and then year five, five years of everything else. What is else. this sorcery? What are you talking about? I've literally never heard no, of this. because the idea is that at the end of the first year, the dog's like, you know. Do you live in an alternative an universe? A sanctionally an adult after a year? Right. The puppy Dogs puppy can reproduce years. after a year. A seven-year-old cannot reproduce. A 15-year-old yeah. can. Yeah, and but so can a 12-year-old. What is happening? You could do 12. My God. Anyway. This is not where I thought this convo was going when I said, why don't we talk about Clover? Well, you know, we got to talk about dog years. So Clover is nine, which means she's either 63 or 60, depending on how you do the ages. Oh, dear God. Also, if a dog lives to be 15 under the old system, that means they're what? Mm, 105? Too old. That just seems like I just. All right. So full. Okay. Full disclosure. Let's let's paint a picture, shall we? So So Dan and I are sitting in Dan's house. With, with his dog, Clover. He said our. It's not mine and his. It's his and his wife's. So we're sitting in his house on the floor with all our podcast stuff set up on a bench. And uh, I forgot to bring my headphones, so Dan looks much more professional than I do. It's an ottoman, like the old empire. <laughs> There's actually a lot of toys in there. And it's quiet it because Dan's son, Frankie, is asleep. He's down for the count. He wanted to see Kate, but she didn't make it in time. I'm really, I feel really bad. Yeah. I feel like, I feel bad when I don't get here before he goes to bed. Cause like in my mind, he's all like amped up, ready to go. And then he just has to go to bed. Disappointed. Well, you know what I felt bad about hmm. watching the Broadway melody of 1929. Look at that, that segue. That's why we're here today. So welcome to episode two of freezing cold takes the show oh. where we take a look at all of the best pictures ever made. And we're starting this in 2019. Currently there's 91 episodes, but who knows how long this will take us. So there might be Probably some more. Probably till we die. Might be some more at the end. So this is our second episode. We saw the Broadway melody of 1929. Kate, you want to give us a brief synopsis for those uh, that haven't seen the movie recently so dan dan wanted this to be serious i told him i would do my best i don't have it in me to to be as serious i think as he wants only because the movie was so bad i fell asleep um we'll we'll get to that okay 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 so here's 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 what happened um okay it's about uh queenie and hank their sisters they come in from the midwest they come to broadway because they want to get their sister act on broadway uh, Hank's dating Eddie, and uh, Eddie says they can he can get them into the Ziegfelds, but Eddie and Queenie, Hank's sister, fall in love, and uh, there's jealousy between the sisters, and it just is a, a bunch of shenanigans. Did right. I did I hit it right? I think that's most of it. Shenanigans. And I think you left out one key part though. Which, which well, part? This is a musical, right? Oh yeah. So there's that song, the Broadway melody, and it's like the only song. There's that. This is billed to be a musical. It's the first musical to ever win an Oscar. However, there's only like what three songs, and they sing the Broadway melody, the the title song, like four times. They do. They and do. and not very well. No, it's 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 a single uh, one character sings it by himself. There's not a chorus in the background. 
No, uh, and he keeps singing it. Right. And the whole thing is a uh, show within a show. So everything's taking place backstage. Every now and then you'll get a look at the actual content on the stage. But uh, it's your typical, you know, my favorite year uh, type show with the just uh, a show around. a show within a show, show, within a and, show. and all the drama behind the scenes and and people are falling in love that shouldn't star cross lovers and and well i would hope that there would be more songs there just wasn't now let's talk a little bit about where we've come from so you remember last time episode one we saw wings it was very quiet silent film uh, a lot of noise but not a lot of talking so this is the second one wings came out in august 10th 1927 this is almost two years later this is June 1929. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they, they did the windows a little differently. It was August to August. Uh, and so this is at the back end of the second window, the 28-29 window. And the talkies have arrived. Talkie. The silent films are fading out, and the talkies are the big show in town. Talkies showed up at the end of 1927, and this is about 18 months after that. They finally got... Can I say something I learned? Yeah. So I didn't realize that movies were called talkies like the because like silent films were just like the movies or whatever but then when they added sound and people could talk it was like the they called them the talkies and i just pieced this together like last week wait till you find out why they called them movies because is it because they move because the picture moves yeah yeah i also learned that like greta garbo it was like a big deal that she spoke because she was in all these silent films and they were advertising that like garbo speaks and she has this like swedish accent I'd, i had no idea guard was actually coming up in uh i think it's 1932 grand hotel so we'll get to see her cannot in wait That'll be our, uh, she's fifth, stunning fifth episode. speaking of characters that made the jump i'm glad you brought that up so <laughs> this actually uh was an example of that we have our main character bessie love and she plays hank which is short for harriet this female character and gender bending she's supposed to be this uh character that actually has the business end of the sister act together her sister's kind of portrayed as if this you've ditz. ever seen white christmas the sister act setup is eerily similar i don't know if you agree or not but like hank would be the rosemary clooney character if anybody's an irving berlin fan right and Continue. so this is but she's one of the few also like edward garber that actually made the jump she she was a big star i think it was 1918 or something she's really? in a whole bunch of silent movies and now this was the first time she's in a, a talkie and she had a hmm. I, I, what she's i read no a, clara bow though re, no no relatively successful career uh going on after that yeah so i think that's that's pretty much the context going from this movie what was the big takeaway from it you know why is this movie why did it win do you think all right, I can. All right, you're making me be positive about a movie that I literally fell asleep to, and then you yelled at me to wake me up. Mm-hmm. Dan's two year old son paid more attention to this movie than I did. And that's true. We kept, oh, we were evil. We kept telling him only 30 more minutes, and then he could watch Elmo for an hour and a half. This poor kid, so patient. Anyway, um, so as I was contemplating this, I think the reasons why it could have won. There were some nice cinematic elements, you know, when they're like on the stage with the boat and pulling together big Broadway shows and the dancers. Now, the dancers were lackluster, but I think it was probably the first time that there were dancers on stage like that. Um, I would also say the complex like I think this is starting the like slapstick comedy kind of thing where like people were confused and. And is this person in love with this person? And oh, no. And, you know, like the plot twisting that occurred, I think, was complex. It was hard for me to follow because I was uninterested. But I think it was it was worth it's worth talking about. 
Um, and I think that they were good at built like each person had a very specific character. They might have been tropes of themselves from a 2019 lens, but I think they were very carved out. Even Uncle Jed, the stutterer, was very carved out. Right. And I think this almost reminds me a lot of an old uh, Looney Tunes cartoon, just or any old Looney Tunes cartoon. There is a rough plot there, but most of it, there's a bunch of little gags. There's the character that is uh, the soloist that's insisting on a spotlight. Uh, there's a couple of drunk characters. There's the jealous character, Flo, that is jealous of the sister act. Uh, a lot of little side plots that are in there. And I, I think you kind of have this prejudice in 2019. You think, oh, you know, these old unsophisticated movies. No, they had plenty of jokes. They had plenty of humor. They had plenty of uh, wisecracks back then. And so that was really interesting to see. Um, I don't think that's why this movie won Best Picture, but that is it's interesting. Why do you think this... it won Best Picture then? Oh, I think this was a technical movie, right? This is this is a talkie. and Not just a talkie, but this is a musical, right? So this is you're not you're you're getting both of those on there. Uh, I did a little reading on on how this was put together, and they surprise, said surprise, surprise, they did not know how to do this, right? So they had to record scenes multiple times, not just uh, to get the acting down, but they had to figure out what it was going to sound like. So they do the whole thing, they record everything, and then they actually have to go and listen to it and go, oh no, you know the mics were in the wrong place. Uh, they didn't have uh, quite what we have now, and so oh my they gosh, said, "That sounds like a nightmare." Yeah, very difficult working conditions for the actors. I'm kind of wondering now, thinking about that, if that's why some of the the performance scenes were so bad. You know, how many times had they done it before and they like, actually recorded? And that idea it? of continuity and being able to easily be like, "You were three inches to the left, and your arms were this far up, and you were like." So, okay, when you bring that into consideration, I guess I can offer some grace and leeway to this show. Right. And there were some rough cuts, like the character's <laughs> literally just standing <laughs> there, and then suddenly he's completely shifted uh, and, and for no reason. Dan also just performed the shift right. as, it, as it appeared it, on the screen. It looks like a, like, like a rough cut a director would put together at the last minute. So uh, the, the cultural impacts, I, I believe the Broadway Melody theme song did become slightly popular. The, the big song that became popular was the You Were Meant For Me song that uh, Eddie uh, sings to Queenie and he's he's now shifted sisters and he's trying to woo her over uh, halfway through uh, so that's the song that became I guess a little more culturally well known uh, though we really don't talk about that one today anymore another interesting thing this movie originally had the very first Technicolor sequence uh, in a best picture the problem is Kate I'm colorblind and I didn't see it what did you think about the Technicolor sequence I have no memory of a Technicolor sequence. Yeah, no, that was a joke. Uh, the Technicolor sequence sadly was lost to time. The sequence is still in the movie. Uh, remember, it's the the, what, the marriage of the the painted bride or something that that big long song halfway through. Uh, yeah, the, the bride and the the priest is jumping all around all oh, over the place. Oh, that priest could dance though. Right, that was supposed he to be was a very dancey priest. Interesting though, it wasn't real color. It was only two colors, red and green. Oh, uh, because that's really all they had, and so they had. If you, if you were able to see the original, uh, they had those two in there. Uh, but they said the original prints are gone and the current versions are just black and white. No access to it. Can I, sorry, um, I, while Dan was talking, I was Googling on my phone um, and responding excellently, by the way. Um, I was, you remember, Dan, when we were watching, I got very annoyed um, because I was like, why are we talking about old Broadway? Yes. And, I, and, and we were all like, Broadway's not that old. I didn't say that, but you, yes. 
Well, do you know? Do you know when Broadway, the origins of Broadway, started? Nope. Do you want to know? Well, yeah, that's, that's what this is all about. So, okay, let's break this down. So, this was made in 1928, 29. Yep. Um, so, 18th century, the origins of Broadway history in New York did not begin until 1750 when Thomas Keene and Walter Murray opened a theater company on Nassau Street. The theater was large enough to hold 280 pa- patrons and typically put on Shakespearean plays and ballad operas. So when he says old Broadway, we're looking at like a hundred or so years of tradition. All right, so this is established at this point. Broadway being a, I feel a thing. I feel a little bit like an idiot now. Think, yeah, you said it was what only a couple years. I was like, years old I was like, point. what, like early nineteen hundreds? That's all we got for Broadway. But like when, like, give my regards to Broadway. No. You know what I'm saying? Remember yeah, me I in guess, Herald Square. Uh, typically, I think most people would think of Broadway. This is where it starts. The twenties and the yeah, the Broadway, and, Broadway as we know it. Right. Right. But uh, musicals no, they've got, and the, got the plays going on for a long time. Yeah, you know what though, as you think about it. So not too long ago, um, Dan's wife and I actually went to Broadway last week, and we went and saw To Kill a Mockingbird, uh, starring Jeff Daniels. FYI, everyone should go. But when you're looking at the construction of the theaters, I mean those are those are early 1900s. I would say predating this movie, some of them. And so now as I think about it, like, why would you think to construct these beautiful, ornate theaters unless there was a well-established community? That makes sense. That makes sense. Okay. Well, well, that makes a little more sense now why people were singing so much about Broadway. Yeah. This is the beginning of the Broadway, or the musical tradition, rather, in the Oscars. And I don't believe we see another Oscar winner for musicals for quite some time after this. I think we have to go. Is it Gigi? Is that the next one? Might be Gigi in the fifties. Yeah. Till we get to the golden age, in the uh, in the sixties. All right. So um, I think Clyde's here. I've got a dog attack going on right now. Yeah. So I think we're about ready to take it to. uh, What do we think our rating is on this film? I think I think we pre-talked about this. Um, Pre-talk. Yeah, we we talked prior to recording. Um, I thought we agreed this movie was dead last. Why don't you tell us why it's dead last, Dan? Great question. Well, what is this movie about? Uh, really, nothing. This, like I said, is a technical achievement. The story is super cliche. You've got these cartoon characters. Uh, it did the best it could at the time. It probably was the best picture at the time, but really, it's aged terribly. Uh, there's nothing about it that's still impressive. Even Wings that we saw last time uh, had a lot of great aerial shots, and so you could appreciate that. And it kind of had a, you know, characters. kind of had a plot. and kind of maybe felt something at the end of this. This one, you figured it out in the first five minutes. You knew where it was going to go, and then it was just sitting okay, around. You figured it out in the first five minutes, and I took a nap. Right. And then you're just waiting around for it to gonna happen. So it, it there's looking at and again, uh I have seen almost all of these already. Kate has seen almost none of these already. So I know, I'm so excited. I'm looking uh, at what I've seen already. Not much is worse than this. There, there's one or two that we might talk about being towards the you bottom. You haven't seen Cavalcade yet. Cavalcade. That could the, be worse. I hear that's pretty bad too, so we may have to adjust it. But at the moment, we're keeping Wings at number 75, and we're putting Broadway Melody last at number 91. And if you're hearing this in 2020 or 2021, that might have dropped to number 92 or 93 by now. But you get the idea. So, yeah, pretty bad start uh, to this one. I can't win them all. So, so far we've seen a silent film which was hard to talk about because we don't really know much about silent films. We haven't seen too many. And then we saw the first talkie, 
in the first musical with a technicolor sequence that wasn't there and a movie that's aged terribly. And so okay. now, hopefully, we're going to get like a normal movie coming up next. <laughs> I'm super hopeful, but isn't it all quiet on the Western front? Yes, yeah, so we get to all quiet on the Western front. I just feel like I understand it's like cinematically beautiful and an important story and blah, 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 blah. But it's like a war movie about World War One, So it's going to be depressing AF. You keep saying cinematically beautiful what what does that mean i don't know like people like war movies are like poetically beautiful on screen i don't know saving private ryan which i've never seen i've just heard about i'm not big into the war flicks this is based on a book though so it's going to have some characters and some plot and all that stuff listen i'm i'm here for it i've signed up for the journey okay any other comments or uh interesting tidbits on broadway melody of 1929 um things i enjoyed the fact that your other dog, Clyde, snuggled me while we were doing this podcast just now. Mm-hmm. Um, again, props to Frankie, the two-year-old, who watched most of it pretty intently. Like, he just stared blankly. So I was very proud of him. It was nice to share that with him. Um, and it was nice seeing the origins of, like, Queenie. Because if you look at, whatchamacallit, the... Oh, Fantastic Beast and Where to Find Him. That Queenie is almost like a direct ripoff. Um, so it's it's cool to kind of see where those tropes come from. And it's nice to see the beginnings of that kind of stuff. I see. What, what's your takeaway? Well, I think, I think we would add in, you hear a lot of people modern day talk about strong female characters. But you look back and you These have... These are some strong female characters. Right, the entire... the So far, we've had two strong female characters. We had... Um, Clara Bow in the first one going to war and then in this character you have these two girls that have come to Broadway to make their mark and they are uh, attempted to be thrown into some seedy business and they know it and they get out of it they resist against it they put up uh, they stick up for themselves uh, and so that's uh, that's sort of a change okay so I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna pause you for like two seconds because like I hear you just like you know Katy Perry and Roar over here for the ladies, which I'm appreciative of. But all of the female characters up until this point, at some point, are surrounded, like, the, a portion of their plot is around, like, who's in love with them and who they're in love with and need a man on some level in order to level up whatever they're doing. Right. So we're not past. What's that test? The Bechdel test? The Bechdel test. Haven't, These do not pass that. Haven't passed it. Clara Bow didn't have anybody to talk to. And <laughs> she did. Although I would say the sisters, sisters just talk talking about their career. And not about men. So I suppose that would pass it. Mm, but they, 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 they do talk they about never, men. They, sometimes they do. Sometimes. But I would say, I, I, I would say if it does pass the Bechdel test, I don't think it's a full conversation, though, because they need Eddie to level up. So they need Eddie to get into the audition. Yeah, but that's less about his gender and more just about his uh, the connection, his connections to Zanfield. I'll allow time. it. I'll allow it. But so, yeah, yeah. I, I would say it definitely is not. Um, I would say I agree that often like the strong female leads get a bad rap for this era, but there's a pretty strong female lead. So far, so far. I don't think we're going to see any female characters in the next one, but uh, so far oh, we've Oh, that's refreshing. Yeah, it's going to be great. All right. Well, thanks for joining us. It's a short episode this week, but, you know, not a lot to talk about on this one. Yeah, it's a really bad movie. Next time we're going to get to perhaps an interesting story to talk about. Oh, my God. Your dogs are cuddling. Happy birthday, Clover.
I'll go my own own.